Welcome to Carmelite Conversations. We're having a podcast today on this feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And I have a special guest who has some wonderful things to share with you today. Uh, But first, I would like to start with a prayer, as we always do, um, to uh, a, a consecration to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So just get recollected and think of the Heart of Jesus beating in your heart, and let us pray together in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most sweet Jesus, Redeemer of the human race, look down upon us humbly prostrate before your altar. We are yours, and yours we wish to be, but to be more surely united with you, behold, each one of us freely consecrates themselves to you, today to your most sacred heart many indeed have never known you many too despising your precepts have rejected you have mercy on them all most merciful jesus and draw them to your sacred heart be you king o lord not only of the faithful who have never forsaken you but also of the prodigal children who have abandoned you Grant that they may quickly return to their father's house, lest they die of wretchedness and hunger. Be you king of those who are deceived by erroneous opinions, or whom discord keeps aloof, and call them back to the harbor of truth and the unity of faith, so that soon there may be but one flock and one shepherd. Grant, O Lord, to your church assurance of freedom and immunity from harm. Give peace and order to all nations and make the earth resound from pole to pole with one cry. Praise to the divine heart that wrought our salvation. To it be glory and honor forever. Amen. O most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, on this feast day of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, we're thinking about what hurts the heart of Jesus, and it is people who have fallen away from his love. And so I've invited Teresa Gooding to come and talk about this wonderful ministry that she runs and that will help us to bring hearts to Jesus. And so I want to welcome Teresa. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Frances. Um, you said I run the St. Monica ministry. Actually, the Holy Spirit is in charge. I just uh... You're very consistent about saying that. <laughs> I love that because I know the Holy Spirit does work through you in this. And I know you've just been uh, camping uh, with your husband. And, um, you know, you're enjoying God in nature. So uh, I know that you uh, had some relaxation time, I hope. I hope it wasn't all work and no play, but hope you had some time to relax. And I'm just so grateful that you're here today to share with us. And um, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm Teresa Gooding, and um, I'm a uh, parishioner at St. Luke uh, Church in Beaver Creek. Um, I'm a wife and, of 33 years and a mother of two um, adult children. Um, I just recently, well, I'm in the fifth year of my um, uh, formation in Carmelite. So yes, yeah, so we're in the same community yes. here in Dayton, our mother of good counsel, secular order of discalced Carmelite. So I love that, that we're together with that. 
And um, I'm an accountant by, by trade. I, I work part-time. Yes, I know. Tax time must be busy for you, yes, right? Yes, I, I do enjoy the summers. Summers are <laughs> right. wonderful. Well, you've earned your summer vacation, no doubt about it. All right, well, let's get to what we want to talk about today because I think uh, this topic will be of interest uh, to many people um, and what they can do to help bring souls back to Jesus. So talk to us about what is the St. Monica ministry. Well, before we delve into what the St. Monica ministry is, uh, we should briefly touch upon who St. Monica was. Right. Remind us, who is St. Monica? Yes. Well, Monica was born in the year 331 in North Africa, and she was married to Patricius, who was a pagan, right, and gave birth to three children, um, the oldest being Augustine. And that's the famous Augustine, yes. St. Augustine, Saint Augustine, just so we know. Right, but... Uh, by the grace of God and with the intercessory prayers and Christian witness of Monica, um, her husband converted to Christianity on his deathbed in the year 371 when Augustine was 17 years old. Now, Augustine was very intelligent, but also wayward, even fathering a child out of wedlock. Monica prayed and was untiringly tenacious in accompanying Augustine throughout his troubles and restless searching and he embraced heresy and and, and immoral lifestyle I, I can I can just imagine listeners right now say I can identify with that yeah I've, I think some people have commented that they have an Augustine in training at home. <laughs> oh dear so. and we're Monica's in training right yes we, we are Monica's in training okay for sure. so she followed her son from Africa Africa to Rome and then to Milan and she asked for assistance from those who were able to provide it and appealed to the most capable and respected persons, including Ambrose, who was the Bishop of Milan. And now we know as St. Ambrose, right? Right, okay. St. Ambrose. And I, a lot of times, will pray that God will send a St. Ambrose into my children's life. Too. Oh, yes, that's a wonderful prayer. Oh, thank you for sharing that. So Augustine eventually converted to Christianity in the year 386, to the delight of his mother, and it was 15 years after his father passed away. So St. Monica was in there for the long haul. She yes, he prayed was. and prayed there's, a lot. There's Teresa Vavala's determined determination and perseverance and courage, right? Yes, for sure. Okay. For sure. So the mother and son um, spent almost a year together discussing matters of faith after his conversion. Um, they discussed matters of faith, God in heaven, uh, before Monica died, and she died happy that her son had converted and her husband had converted. So she was content that her work on earth was had been accomplished. And she died in the year 387. So Augustine went on to become a bishop and doctor of the church, and his writings still influence many today. In the Confessions of St. Augustine, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Yes, yes. So um, that information I, I got from a wonderful book called St. Monica, The Power of a Mother's Love by Giovanni Falbo. All right, so. thank you. And then um, talking about what the St. Monica ministry is, um, I've got a quote from the book St. Monica Ministry by Dr. Jack Buckner. Okay. And he quotes, 
The St. Monica Ministry is a pastoral outreach to all those adults who have friends and relatives who are not active in their practice of the Catholic faith at this time. Okay, hold on. So this is the point here. Those who are not actively practicing their Catholic faith. Okay. All right, go on. Through the virtues of faith and persistent prayer, we hope to become more like St. Monica in our conviction that the grace of Christ will change hearts and lives. We hope to draw closer to God, thereby placing our trust and faith in God and His timing as it relates to our loved ones. That's a pretty potent statement uh, about placing trust and faith in God and His timing. Right. And I think that's what we're we find so challenging sometimes. We want it in our time so that we can see, and um, it's got to be God's timing. Okay. Easier said than done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Again, courage, perseverance, <laughs> determined determination. So this, the members of St. Monica Ministry at St. Luke. Um, and this would be in Beaver Creek. In Beaver right. Creek, Okay. Yes. Um, this And this is Beaver Creek, Ohio. Just in case you want to find where this St. Monica Ministry is. And maybe you want to start one in your parish. Um, as you hear about this, you, you will see the kind of fruit that it will bear. So go ahead. Okay. So we gather together to support one another in our prayers, our hopes, and our longings for family members and friends who no longer practice their Catholic faith. All right. So how did it exactly um, get started at St. Luke's? Well, the short answer is by the grace of God and the Holy Spirit. Right. <laughs> so the longer answer goes back uh, 12 years uh, to when my oldest child went off to college and the younger one left for college a couple of years later. Uh, we were a um, typical Catholic family that went to church every Sunday. We were very involved in our parish, um, cooking for spaghetti dinners and, and all that. And we sent our two children to Catholic school from kindergarten through senior year of high school. And we assumed that they loved Jesus and their faith was solid. So we were shocked when one stopped going to church and appeared not to believe in God after their first year in college. And then the other joined a non-denominational church and he actively uh, reads scripture and continues to pursue a close and personal relationship with Jesus, although he does not believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, nor the central authority of the chair of Peter granted by Christ to his church. Well, you've pointed out a couple reasons that many of our um, brethren fall away from the church, and, and I just want to bring up a couple other reasons, and, and I know our listeners can identify with this. This is a, um, from a book called Return Back to the Church, How to Draw Your Child Back to the Church. So it's called Return by Brandon Voigt, and he says um, some of the j objections you hear and, and often this is it around the college years. Um, I know my kids are college years, and I'm watching, and I'm praying, and I'm feeling the need for St. Monica ministry also. Uh, they say, I just don't have time for church right now. I'm too busy. Um, mass is boring and irrelevant. Um, the church is too focused on rules and making people feel guilty. How could anyone remain Catholic after this sexual abuse crisis? And I'm married to a non-Catholic. Returning to the church would really upset my spouse. I had a bad experience and I can't see myself coming back. Or God can never forgive me what I've done. And so those are some of the reasons you will hear um, 
uh, spoken, and you know, a lot of those are not based on truths, but are based on feelings or perceptions uh, or lack of knowledge. So, um, all right. Well, let's get back to your story. Um, so, so you. This is about 12 years ago. Your your kids have gone off. Uh, they're living on their own. Now, we come up to, what, the year 2010. What happens? Yes. Um, in the year 2010, um, my husband was reading the Catholic Digest, as he does every morning, and he came across an article about the grief and heartache that parents experience when their adult children no longer go to church or practice their Catholic faith. So we could identify with that, as I'm sure a lot of people can. The... Um, the article went on to talk about Dr. Jack Buckner, who was involved in a welcome back ministry at a parish in Maryland, and how he saw a need to support the parents and family members of fallen away Catholics. He developed the St. Monica ministry and wrote a book under the same title based on the example of St. Monica and how she became a saint by always praying, looking to God for everything, and leading a virtuous and holy life herself. There was con contact information at the end of the article, so we emailed Dr. Buckner, and mm. he responded back and offered to come to Ohio and present a program at our parish. How beautiful. Wow. He was very responsive. Um, in the meantime, it seemed like everyone that I was encountering uh, was hurting because their family or friends had fallen away from the church. So God was placing a lot of people that with the similar similar hurts. experiences yes. similar heartaches right mm -hmm. right so I took the information about uh, Dr. Buckner and the St. Monica ministry to our adult faith formation director at St. Luke and she had me join with another parishioner who had come to her with the same concerns how about that a double portion <laughs> yes yes and so we took the uh, proposal to Father Terry and the parish staff to get approval to bring the St. Monica, Monica ministry to St. Luke. Very good. So um, that got approved, and later that summer, Dr. Buckner came and presented the St. Monica ministry program, and that includes an ongoing uh, prayer, support, and fellowship. And we do that all while recognizing that only God can convert hearts, but we can pray and intercede while growing in our own faith. So members of this ministry learn the perseverance of prayer that St. Monica exemplified and seek to deepen our own relationship with Christ, all while striving to become holy, joyful witnesses to our amazing Catholic faith. Oh, that's beautiful. Now, how often do you meet? I'm just curious. We meet uh, once a month um, from September through April. Okay. And about how long are these meetings? One hour, two hours, what would you say? We meet for one and a half hours. Okay. So um, I'm sure that you have some kind of format that we can get to. But first, can you tell me about some of the governing principles uh, that are at the foundation of this St. Monica ministry? Sure. Um, we strive to give God praise and glory at all times while interceding and praying for our inactive family members and friends. So in addition to growing in perseverance and prayer, we encourage each other to grow in our own relationship with Jesus and in our knowledge of our Catholic faith. 
to better prepare ourselves to have more meaningful conversations with our loved ones, we are encouraged to not only learn as much as we can about our Catholic faith, but more importantly, why we believe and do what we do as Catholics. And I think that is a problem. Um, a lot of people are going through the motions, but they don't understand the why. Mm -hmm. And if they did, their faith would um, be stimulated and would grow even more. Um, so, you know, I suggest pick up a book about the Mass that explains all that is going on in the Mass. And I know not everybody is a reader, so maybe you want to listen to something on, on YouTube or, you know, Formed is a, a program that many of the parishes are using that has programs on it. Um, but there's so uh, there's a plethora of material. That, that if you do a search on your computer, you, you can find access to either audio or printed materials uh, to help you out there. Yeah, in, in my own life, um, we, I never really thought that much about, you know, I, I was a cradle Catholic and right. just going to church every Sunday. Doing and, what you're supposed to do. Yes, and, and I didn't really know that there was so much more. Right. Amazing Catholic faith. Um, yes. So it, actually, we praise and thank God in all things and this experience of my children falling away dropped me to my knees. And uh -huh. it was at that point that I had to ask myself, why do I believe what I believe and why should my children um, be Catholic? Right. And so that just started a whole um, wonderful journey um, into the heart of the Catholic I have a situation with someone very dear to me who had been inactive um, after they had gotten uh, into the college and adult life, you know, they just kind of got away from the practice of the faith. And we had a conversation over um, the mystics of the Catholic Church, and I introduced them to some a book about uh, St. Padre Pio and uh, St. Teresa Neumann, and when he saw the pictures in the book on St. Teresa Neumann, that just, that just really took him, and he started doing some searching on his own. So the Lord took over then, <laughs> uh, and that set him on sale, and then he was doing daily Mass with me, <laughs> so it, it was great. So um, go on. So I know you're encouraging each other um, uh, to, to learn their Catholic faith, to know why they believe what they believe. Yes, and overall we strive to grow in our own trust in God and His plan and timing for our loved ones. So, and at the beginning of each of our, um, we take a break in the summertime, so at the beginning of each um, year in our ministry, we kind of go over some of the, the, the following thoughts that, about the St. Monica ministry. Okay, um, and what are those? These are, these are some of your guiding principles, right? Yeah, these are some of our guiding principles. So, uh, First, uh, we come together to encourage one another to focus on Christ, who is our solution and salvation. Okay. And that yeah. comes from um, Matthew chapter 18, verses 10 through 14, and also Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 and 20. All right, so if anybody wants to look up those scripture passage, that, that will um, reinforce the governing principles that you're bringing up here, okay? Okay, and then we also, um, what we ask for in prayer, we will receive if we have faith. And what's the basis of that? 
That comes from Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. Also Matthew chapter 21, verses 21 to 22. And also the Catechism of the Catholic Church, um, paragraphs 2609 and 2610. You know, and there's a whole section at the back of the Catechism on prayer. I have to just put a plug in for that. That's excellent. And of course, there's many quotes of our Carmelite saints and doctors of the church in there. So uh, prayer is, is fundamental to all of this, which leads into the next principle. Pray right. constantly, yes. right? Right. Pray constantly and replace fear and anxiety with peace and joy by placing our faith and trust in God. And I think this is so important that we need to recognize our self-talk. When we hear ourselves in our minds thinking, I'm afraid, fill in the blank, you know, then we need to stop and, and ask for the guidance of the Holy Spirit and ask for the Lord to enlighten us, to guide us. Um, fear is a key. I remember a book when I was quite young. It was called Fear is the Key. And uh, that title has stayed with me. And so we need to uh, listen to what we're saying in our own minds and then take that to the Lord and so you've listed some um, scripture passages here um, about that. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 9. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 2638. And since this is a podcast, if you need to rewind <laughs> and get some of these scripture passages, it'll be easy for you to do. So um, we're glad that we're going to have this um, online. Uh, and for those who are finding us through Podbean or some of the other uh, listening apps, um, you can go to CarmeliteConversations.com and there's an archive of all of our podcasts and, and even some of our programs from Radio Maria um, So uh, for Carmelite Conversations. So CarmeliteConversations.com. Okay, we've got a couple more principles to go through. Right. Um, we praise and thank God in all things, especially our trials, and thank God in advance for the good that will come from our trials. Yes, because he makes good of our mess, right? He does. And this, this applies to so many areas of our life. Um, Any time right. that we are going through a trial, um, just praise God. And I always think of when I say to myself a trial or a hardship, I try to replace that with the word opportunity. Because this is an opportunity uh, for me to grow. The Lord has something in here for me to learn. It might be uh, a way to strengthen my faith. Uh, it might be to exercise uh, a particular virtue like patience or determination. So, um, yes, praise and thank God in all things. Right. And that comes um, from James uh, chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. Okay. And also Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Great. Next, um, as Christians, we are called to love unconditionally and forgive always. It is not our place to judge others or other denominations. And one thing we don't do is um, focus on other denominations. Um, our focus is on the love of Christ and his teachings as passed on to us through the Catholic Church. All right, so no put-downs of others. You know, right. you know that's Catholic charity. Yes. <laughs> that's and, charity, period. <laughs> right, and we, we trust that God has a plan in all things, and 
um, in all people. So uh, that comes from Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. Okay. And then the next principle has oh. to do uh, with something that I think the Pope is always pointing about uh, out to us, uh, about the new evangelization. Yes, uh, the new evangelization is the re-evangelization of the baptized, those who have fallen away, leading fallen away Catholics back to being on fire for Jesus. Right, now how do we do that? <laughs> um, we have good guidance in our Catechism of the Catholic Church. All right, um, where, is, where can we find this? In the first three, three paragraphs, uh, one to three, uh, deals with the life of man is to know and love God. Right. Basic. That's our purpose. Yes. And you know, a lot of people don't know that, mm -hmm. that that's their purpose. And so there's an emptiness mm -hmm. as they're missing the mark. Right. And, and there's something deep in their soul that is searching. And so this is where the prayers of the St. Monica mm -hmm. Ministry is going to help open the cloud of grace to burst upon them uh, and maybe a shower of roses with right. Therese, the little flower, um, to, to set them on fire. And as uh, St. Augustine would say, our hearts are restless until they rest in the Lord. Uh, That's such a famous yeah. quote. Yes, yeah, very good. I'm glad you brought that up. And another, um, uh, to, uh, the Catholic, Catechism of the Catholic Church, um, 27 and 29 through 30 um, deals with the desire for God. All right, so good references. All right, what's the next principle? We've got a, we've got a couple more. Okay. One more here. Um, be prepared to lovingly discuss matters of faith. And, and you said discuss, not argue. Correct. Correct. <laughs> That's an important point. Right. And nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. Because what's more important, the knowledge or the love? Right. Of course, love. Because love conquers everything. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that comes um, from First Peter chapter 3, verse 15. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who calls you to account for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and reverence, and that is very important. Yes. You have to have the relationship, the trust, before they anyone will be listening to you. You know, a great example of this um, that's coming to mind is St. Francis de Sales because he uh, helped uh, work with these young boys. A lot of them were orphans, um, and, you know, they're, they're growing pains, and, you know, how to rein them in, because they were wild, right? How to rein them in, and but yet he, he always told the people that were working, the boys, you can't be yelling at them, you, you can't punish them when you're angry, uh, everything has to be done in gentleness. And it, it's just really amazing uh, to read about how he worked with these boys. So if you want some good examples, <laughs> he's a good one to go to, and also another one to ask to intercede. Okay. And there's one more uh, reference there. Oh, yes. Uh, Colossians uh, chapter 4, verse 2. Okay. You know, it's always good to have Scripture to back up your action. So I'm so glad you brought that to our attention. Now, um, how is a meeting structured? We'd kind of like to know. You said it was about an hour and a half mm -hmm. long. Uh, how does it begin, and what do you do in a meeting? Yes. Well, we, we typically will meet on a Sunday afternoon. Okay. And um, it... Like I said, the meetings last an hour and a half. Um, we always have refreshments and fellowship. Got to have food, right? That's, that's, that's key. <laughs> it is. Um, uh, we begin our um, meetings with a prayer 
with a uh, prayer for those away from their faith. Okay. And then, um, then we have time for discussion. Uh, we make introductions if we have new folks that join our meetings, and we have um, folks that you know come at, at different points throughout the year. Correct. Not everyone comes to every meeting, um, so. So it's a as needed. As needed. Okay, and, and there's a, no no dues or oh, no. attendance roster, right? Absolutely not. Okay. So if, so if the Lord is calling you to come and share and and, um, and you want the support and you want the fellowship with others who are in the same situation you are, yes. you know that you're praying for someone who's fallen away from the faith that you that you care about. Of course, you know we have personal relationships that we're concerned about, but you know the whole world. Um, is in need of, of the prayer, so um, it's beautiful. Right, and that's what I, we love about being Catholic, it's universal. So we, if one one part suffers, we all suffer. Absolutely, very good. Um, so we, we have introductions, and we also have time for sharing how God has been working in our lives and in the lives of our loved ones, and any other thoughts or concerns that, that might be on someone's mind. All right. Generally, we will ask in our opening prayer to to have the Holy Spirit um, help us to say what needs to be said and to hear what needs to be heard. Right, and then everything that is shared is confidential, right? Absolutely. Because yes. I mean, people can be sharing some painful moments mm -hmm. here, mm -hmm. and we you have to trust that that people are going to be respect of their dignity and you know respectful of reputations of others by by keeping this just within the group um, and uh, so I, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing because sometimes just in the act of sharing something with someone else then the resolutions come or the ability to see what you didn't see before comes because mm -hmm. you have spoken it out and this is just one of God's ways of of helping us to uh, love our neighbor and, and to know that we need each other uh, and it, it's beautiful God is very family oriented <laughs> that trinity uh, it just keeps playing <laughs> throughout our lives so it's wonderful Yes, it's great, um, I, and many times, too, I will find if I'm um, in uh, adoration, something will come to mind from one of our meetings, and I will, you know, someone's child will pop into my mind, and I'll, um, I'll just, uh, you know, lift that person up in prayer. Oh, beautiful. So. So, yes, as they come to mind, that's mm -hmm. the, that is very potent. And if you can't do a long prayer, you can't stick your head in the adoration room, you can throw up one of those spiritual darts, uh, like Therese, the little flower. She said, a glance toward heaven um, with that person in mind. You know, that is, that is an offering of prayer. It's beautiful. Right, right. Um, so um, after that discussion, we move on. Uh, we generally... Each year we'll go through a book of interest to our group and that helps us to grow in our own faith and knowledge and that how to better relate to our loved ones. Can you give us some titles, what, what you've read in the past or you're going through so that people have an idea of something that they can use? Yes, and these are all, all excellent, excellent books. So um, we started out with um, the, the St. Monica Ministry. Um, by Dr. Jack Buckner. Yes, that's a, good. A book. Um, and then we moved on the next following year to um, Scriptural Responses to a Loved One with a Weakened Faith. And that was also written 
by Dr. Jack Buckner. Right, so he has a lot of experience in this area. And, yes. Uh, it's wonderful that he wrote some books so that mm -hmm. uh, people can have a reference to go to to yes. get some uh, suggestions. Mm -hmm. Another book that we have used in the past is titled The Prodigal You Love, Inviting Loved Ones Back to the Church, and that's by uh, Teresa Noble. Okay. And then uh, one year we went through Surprised by Truth, by Patrick Madrid, and that was a book of um, conversion stories. Oh, that yeah. had to be inspiring. Yes, yes, it, it gives you hope. Hope, yes, yeah, which is so sure. important. If you don't have hope, you are heading toward despair. Mm -hmm. Hope is uh, elemental. Right, and then um, we enjoyed that so much, we went to the book Surprised by Truth 2 by <laughs> okay. Patrick Madrid. And right. That was more stories of conversion, and that one, um, that would be a good book to have out on your coffee table. Ah. Just if somebody's walking by and is intrigued and they can open it up. And and these are shorter stories, so it's not like mm -hmm. you, you have to read cover to cover. You can just pick it up and flip and yes. get into one of the stories. Right. They're just stories of conversion. Yeah. And since they're based on real lives, um, mm -hmm. you know, that sometimes it might be a similar situation of, of someone you love. And then then it might just open your eyes to see how God is working in the life of your prodigal son or daughter or loved one um, because you've read this and you've seen, you know, how they talked about how they've come back. And then you, you get an, you know, I'm sure having read those books, you start seeing more clearly, right? Your, yes. your spiritual vision has been sensitized mm -hmm. uh, in such a way that now you're picking up and you're seeing the Holy Spirit's action, which is ah. Which is then, you're, you're not applying that just to that situation, but to all of your life. And so your families are benefiting from this. So, so, so in a way, the Lord, you know, of course, he doesn't do onesies. It's not just other directed. He, he's, he's working on us, too, as we pray for the prodigals in our life. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. Um, we also um, spent a couple of years going through the book that Francis you uh, referenced um, earlier, beginning, yes, called Return, mm -hmm. How to Draw Your Child Back to the Church by, by Brandon Vogt, V-O-G-T. And that had a, um, has a video element that oh. can go along with it. We purchased the rights for the video and along with the book. And so that, that was good. Um, we took, took that slow. Um, over two years, mm -hmm. we were just going chapter by chapter, and um, I, I would highly recommend that book. Okay. That, that's very good. Uh, nuts and bolts. Um, okay. Practical things that, okay. that we can do as well as things that we shouldn't. Okay. That are not particularly helpful uh, to uh, say or do. You know, at certain points when we when we go through it we start seeing all the mistakes we've made mm, right. <laughs> but there's hope because now we can make a change mm -hmm. and and make a change for the better that that will hopefully frame this so that it is discussion and that you can plant the seeds and because um, uh, you know when they turn away from the church they're, they're turning away from the blessings they're, they're turning away from the heart of Jesus, uh, the Jesus who loves them and who died for them and who, who wants them all with him. And, and I always think of Our Lady. She wants all her children in heaven with her. 
So she's doing all these wonderful things, all these wonderful ministries come about because just as every mother, they, they want their children to be good and successful and they want, they love to have them near. <laughs> so um, how important this is. So, so that book again is called what? It's called Return, How to Draw Your Child Back to the Church by Brandon Boat. Okay, great. And then, uh, right now, uh, the past last year and this coming year, uh, we've, we're going through the book, um, Praying for Our Adult Sons and Daughters, Placing Them in the Heart of God. And that's by John and Therese Busher. Yes, I just recently was looking at that again. And um, I, I just have to tell you what some of the things in the index here Praying for God's love, praying for wisdom, praying for hopeful acceptance, praying for forgiveness, praying for patient trust. And here we go. Praying for the spiritual lives of our adult children. Praying when our adult children are in danger. My son is just learning to fly. He landed his first plane. So I, that chapter really caught me. Uh, not that he's in danger, but, you know... Um, flying. <laughs> There's new adventures there, right? Praying for a sense of vocation for our adult children. How many are trying to figure, you know, even when they graduate from high school, some are trying to figure out, well, I don't know what I want to do in college. I don't know if I want to go to college. I don't know what I want to do, you know, so um, prayers there and praying for the eternal happiness of our children. Yes, we, we all want to go to heaven. And uh, so I, I think that this is wonderful uh, because it, it it might be that there's one obstacle that once that's resolved, then it opens the door for them to let the Lord in more. You know, uh, it might be the fear of having a job and having some security. And so they've got to get past that. But our prayers help them get through that. And um, uh, hopefully, 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 uh, through the prayers, uh, the Lord's timing, they will be back. So then, um, after the book discussion, what happens? Yeah, uh, we close our, our meetings in prayer, and we use the uh, Novena to St. Monica. Which we're going to pray, right? Yes, we, we will at pray the end of this in, podcast. Of okay, so great. you'll all get a chance to do that. And, yeah. Um, at one point um, in that Novena, when we're praying for um, someone, we, we'll stop, and we have a St. Monica prayer list. Okay. And um, we have names of all the people over the years that, that we've heard about or that are our relatives and friends, um, first name only. Um, mm -hmm. And we will, by name, go through, take turns going through and naming all those okay. folks on the St. Monica prayer list. Do you have a... Do you have a burning party when the name gets off the list? <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, we have, um, uh, there are some that graduate to another list. Oh, okay. And, what is this? And then we, uh, they're, they're in praise and thanksgiving to God and prayers for ongoing deepening faith for the following who have returned or entered the Catholic Church. And yes. we have a small but growing list. I'm so yeah. glad that that is addressed because uh, we, we do need to give the gratitude and the glory to the Lord. And so as you see that list grow, that's really an affirmation for your ministry. Yes. That's beautiful. Okay. So um, then we, after that, we, we close with an Our Father, a Hail Mary, and a Glory Be to God. As, okay. Um, so. Very good. 
All right, and so what happens uh, between meetings? Anything? Yeah, um, between meetings, if a, one of our members comes across an article of interest to the ministry, um, we share by email. So I mentioned before we, we take a break in the summertime, but if um, someone comes across an article of interest, um, you know, they'll let us know and then we will forward that on to our members if, if it's of interest. Okay, so so this is a community. It, it's not mandatory, but it is helpful and it's open and it's nurturing. So um, I just think this is really beautiful. Yeah. Um, as an example, uh, one of our members just recently shared a link to an article by Father Dwight Longenecker, and it was titled, Help My Kids Aren't Catholic Anymore. Mm-hmm. Boy, haven't I heard that many a time. Yes. And that article um, uh, was speaking to why our children have fallen away from the Catholic Church um, and his bottom line answer to parents who, who are bereaved and saddened um, of their children's loss in faith is to be a saint. Mm. He goes on to say, by the grace of God, be the most radical, most radiant, and sold out follower of Jesus Christ. Do not be afraid. Even only a fraction of Catholics lived as they say they believe the church and the world would be transformed. Amen. And since we just recently had Corpus Christi Sunday, if, if we truly believe we're receiving Jesus in his body and blood, in the host and in the wine, you know, ah, miracles would be happening. Um, we need to remember that as we go up that communion line, that Jesus is watching for us and wanting to know who's eager to join with him, who's eager to receive his gifts, because he's got lots to hand out. Um, but maybe if you're closed off, maybe your gifts go to somebody else because you, you, you were shut down. You were going out of habit or routine. We need to go. Every day is a new day. And so every time we approach communion with Jesus. It is a new experience. And I know Pope Francis uh, on Corpus Christi Sunday said, you know, don't be routine. It should be like your first communion day all over again. You know, that same excitement that you had and, and you should prepare. So be eager to receive Jesus and know that he's truly there. And if you are having struggles with your faith, you say, Jesus, I believe, help me in my unbelief. You know, and Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make my heart like yours. And um, Jesus, uh, I, I know that I need you, and thank you for, for coming to help me. Uh, Jesus, uh, take my heart, make it your own. I offer you the heart of Mary as my own. All these different things, but we don't have to say the same thing, and we don't have to read somebody else's structured prayer. They, that helps us. Um, to to learn how to pray but you know when when we get personal with jesus and we just just like teresa vavla says um, prayer is an intimate conversation with him whom we know loves us so when when we're preparing to go to communion we're walking up that line you know we we shouldn't be just looking around at other people we should be thinking about this is the time you know i'm joining with jesus and all i have and, and St. Mary Magdalene de Pazzi was saying, when you receive Jesus in communion, then the Holy Trinity, all the, 
all the things that all the operations that are occurring within the Holy Trinity are occurring within you as long as the species of the host and the wine are there and I just all of a sudden I was like wow you know and then I'm I'm saying this is my doorway to heaven I can sneak a peek in heaven because heaven is in my soul and and in a physical way you know, not just in a faith way, but in the physical uh, way of, of the body and blood of Christ. So I could go on and on, but, uh, you know, if you're interested in, in some of the things that, that I have said on that, there is a podcast <laughs> about how to prepare to receive the Eucharist. And, and it's not for beginners. I mean, beginners can benefit from it, but it, it is to to get us out of that routine way and to get us excited and on, on fire. And so, so yes, you know, be a saint. I love this uh, recommendation on, on how to draw souls back to the Lord is um, radiate his love. Be on fire, the fire of divine love. I'm sorry, I, I tend to get excited about that topic. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that we, that we we're all called to be a joyful witness the love of Jesus Christ and how he's, he's transforming our lives and that will speak volumes and you know I wanted to mention this little it's a little pamphlet um, it's from Catholic Answers and it's called How to Stay Catholic in College and it's by Christopher Caxor I'm going to spell that in case I'm mispronouncing it K-A-C-Z-O-R How to Stay Catholic in College because so many um, I mean, our campuses, let's face it, um, have a very uh, worldly stance. And um, so to stay rooted in the faith, uh, it gets very tested there and challenged. And, and if you're not an apologetist, you're not prepared to answer the why. Um, uh, or if you haven't really thought about these things, you don't know how to answer the why. So, so now you're faced with having to answer why. And, and yet, you don't have the catechism there. You don't have the scripture there. You need to you know that these resources here, scripture is always speaking to us. The catechism is always teaching us. Um, but it's so important to know how to answer the challenges that people present to us in our faith. So you have a, another suggestion there. And I love this one because um, uh, I've been sharing it and others have too. And um, it's it's an excellent novena, so tell us about this one. Yes, I, I was very delighted when uh, one of our members uh, brought this to my attention. Um, it was uh, another member recently uh, recommended Googling uh, Novena of Abandonment, and that's by Father Delindo... Ruotello, right? Ruotello, I Let's believe. spell that. R-U-O-T-O-L-O. Right. And that was posted on the markmallet.com blog. Right. And it's in a lot of places. So mm -hmm. if, you, um, if you just do a search for Novena of Abandonment, um, it's beautiful. And from that, you, you, you get into the habit of just throwing these darts of Jesus takeover, Jesus mm -hmm. takeover. So, you know, we've already been doing Mary undoer of knots, Mary takeover. So now Jesus takeover. And really, uh, the basis of it is so powerful. And it is a sign of our trusting that the Lord is going to handle the situation. And just like how nasty and awful and painful, and you know, seeing Jesus um, on the Via Doloroso, the way of the cross, and, you know, dying on the cross for us, you know, that just, just thinking of the kind of sorrow that our Blessed Mother had. 
And yet, out of that sorrow, you know, this, this resurrection, this, this great light and joy and, uh, you know, just to think of the, the goodness and the graces that come from that. Um, I mean, it's infinite. You, 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 can't, you can't go there. I mean, it's beyond our capacity to, to think of, of all of it. There's always more. Right, so, right. So, all right, well, let's, let's go on. Um, <clears throat> who belongs? To the Saint Monica ministry. Well, um, anyone who is concerned about uh, family and friends um, who are not practicing their Catholic faith at this time it may join the ministry. All are welcome. Um, and all, although we meet at Saint Luke, many of our members are from different parishes in the Dayton area. Okay, good. So, not and not all members can make it to all the meetings. Um, like we mentioned before, some members support our ministry by praying it from home. Oh, very good because you know prayers reach heaven there's no boundaries right right so and some of our members have moved away but they still remain on our email list um, so that they can get um, you know our helpful suggestions and uh, when we want to share things amongst the members all right and there's that that communion of uh, a, of a principle that you know you you have this all in common you're sharing this pain, you know, pain divided, shared is lessened, just like joy shared is multiplied. So um, it's beautiful. And I imagine some of these people who move away, um, you know, the Lord may move them to start St. Monica Ministries in their parishes. And maybe somebody who's listening to this podcast, uh, maybe the Lord is calling you, the Holy Spirit's knocking and saying, you know, this is a big concern to you and others have this concern and how about getting this started in your parish you know so so take that uh, into consideration because uh, what what Teresa you're giving us here uh, is wonderful you're giving us the format you've given us the principles you've given us books that we can use scripture catechism so I mean um, we're being well fed here on, on how to uh, participate and then maybe even start a ministry in your own parish so um, when and where do you meet then? Okay. I think you've talked about this, but let's just go ahead and revisit that. Yeah, we, we meet once a month, as I said, um, from September through April. We take a break in December because that's just a crazy month to try to meet. Um, and then we break, take a break in the summertime too. And we uh, will meet on a Sunday afternoon. And what has worked well for our group is meeting from 3.30 to 5.00 okay. on Sunday afternoon at St. Luke Parish. Um, Okay, and, and you know, I know if some people want to go all year long, I'm sure they mm-hmm. could. They want mm-hmm. to meet on a different day. You know, it, it whatever works for your parish community and your group. So, uh, But this is what you do, so right. uh, you found that to be very successful. Mm-hmm. Well, now let's get to the fruits of this great tree. Yes. Um, it's Well, speaking for myself, and I believe others have also experienced this, I have grown so much in my own faith journey and understanding of our Catholic faith since belonging to this ministry. Um, I've learned to more fully trust that God has a plan for my loved ones, and I'm better able to trust in God's timing. Um, I've developed a deeper desire and thirst to know Christ. As I mentioned before, I was dropped to my knees um, when my children fell away. Um, So that made me 
definitely thirst to know Christ more, to know scripture, and also our Catholic faith. So in addition to Bible studies, um, it led me to Eucharistic adoration. Which I know you're very active in, in that ministry as well, and that's beautiful. Yes, um, just spending time in the real presence of Christ and the Blessed Sacrament um, changed, changed my life, mm -hmm. totally. And it also led to Carmel, I believe, yes, right? Yes, it did. It did. This increased desire and thirst uh, for union with Christ also led me to the Carmelite community. Heck, um, we're so happy you're here with us, too. And so, uh, yes, I know our Carmelite community, uh, we have a great formation program. Uh, we've got three doctors of the church that we're studying that, that teach us, um, and they're different. You know, St. Teresa of Avila, uh, St. John the Cross, St. Therese the Little Flower, um, but all teaching us about prayer, um, how to see God in our lives, um, and uh, stages of prayer, obstacles in prayer, um, graces and benefits, um, so wonderful. Um, you know, there was something else you said when you, when you realized your children were falling away from the faith and it dropped you to your knees. I've heard many a, a, a good Catholic woman, <laughs> and I'm saying that because I, I'm in some other groups that are predominantly women, and so many of them, they're very strong Catholics, um, so many of them have children that are away from the faith. And a priest once told me, yeah, the Lord puts a really strong Catholic in, in all of those families, you know, and uh, so that, you know, there's somebody to pray. Uh, and, and, you know, I've all also heard stories about people who've come back to the faith and they said, yeah, my grandmother, she was a real prayer warrior and she never gave up on me. She was always praying for me. And, you know, parents and grandparents, your prayers for your children, for your loved ones, for anyone who you have a special relationship, your prayers make a difference. Don't ever fall for the lie that your prayers are meaningless. You know, it's not the words. It's not what you say. It's the love that you say it with and, and the faith, you know. And sometimes we don't feel good in our prayer. It's not the feelings. It is the will. We choose with our will to, to make this offering in faith that Jesus is going to make good come out of this situation, whether we see it or not, because sometimes we don't see the fruit. Um, but, you know, God is working on us as well as those that we're praying for. So, so it's a, a wonderful situation. The economy of God is always working on everybody, <laughs> and it's great. So, well, uh, go, go ahead and... Uh, and e even St. Augustine uh, credits the prayers of his mother, His Saint mother, yes. yes. What, 17 years? Right. Was that it? <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, well, that's persistence. And so, and of course, we would ask her intercession. All right, uh, very good. So what are some of the other fruits? Um, through our uh, group discussions and studies, um, I've been better equipped to discuss matters of faith and religion in a loving and gentle matter, manner. Um, I've had been able to have conversations with my son um, that before joining this group, I probably would have never been able to talk to him about Mm -hmm. matters of faith um, that since we've discussed things in our group I can then just you know ask questions 
um, of him and see where he is and um, and my daughter too. So. And a lot of this is respecting them where mm -hmm. they're at right. and not flooding them and hitting them over the head. Um, I've been guilty of that. I have to admit it. Um, but, but to accept them where they're at and, and to try to find out what the blocks are or, or what they're needing mm -hmm. in order to make some progress. Right. Uh, and of course, you know, we count on God for all of that. But sometimes he uses us or others to get to the next step. Right. And, and I'm probably better able to um, encourage them to continue to search for truth and to go deeper in scripture and... Yeah, and truth seems to be lacking in our society today, and we really need it. And you know what? I, I think certainly people are going to get so sick of not knowing the truth that they will be starving for it, that they will go at it with a frenzy, you know, with, with great zeal. Uh, because they're they're hungry for it. It's like my husband always says, yeah, it's like going in a candy store and you eat so much candy, you get a stomachache, and then you really want meat and potatoes and no candy, you know? So, um, so we do need to be truth seekers, and that desire is deep in every heart, and it's just clouded over uh, with a lot of distractions, maybe sins, uh, uh, maybe emotions, maybe past hurts, but um, the Lord can work through all of that. I bet one of the big fruits of this ministry is um, friends. You oh, develop friendships with others. Absolutely, yes. That, that's a huge benefit of the ministry. Um, we are all um, on this journey together. Right. And we've formed a um, small Christian community mm -hmm. in the St. Monica ministry and with a, a focus Mm -hmm. And our focus is to pray for our loved ones. Um, and I, I get the image of the wounded healer. Um, the wound comes because you see the loved ones fall away from from where, you know, you're like, you're falling away. You're, you're leaving the blessings. You're, you're leaving the love that, that created you, you know. And so that wound, that hurt is part of the impetus to to organize and do something about it which which prayer in union with others is is very powerful and of course having that connection with each other that that you are all feeling the wounds and yet you're all working towards the cure <laughs> in through God and and that's where it has to be is when we try to do it on our own outside of of God, then um, we, we don't have much success. It, it's a human endeavor. But when we get God in there and invite him into those situations, we can see these great conversions that Patrick Mid Madrid wrote about. Yes, so. yes. And it's um, just the, the, the true friendships that are, are we're, we're forming, too. You know, yeah. as we journey together and it's helpful not to feel like the lone ranger oh, when yes. you're going through a trial and you know to have helpful suggestions support and encouragement you know that is huge it's a certain stigma you know we talk about um, the stigma of mental illness people don't want to talk about it because you know they, they think they're the only ones that have that in their family or whatever and so um, solutions don't happen and uh, the hurts remain buried uh, so when you when you get this out that that yes there's someone you love that is away um, and you're sharing uh, and then you hear other stories of people making progress you know the, it just 
feed your hope um, and you see evidence of God's hand working in lives and and so um, the the faith and trust in the, in the Lord uh, increases for yourself so uh, really beautiful and so I, I just think that this ministry uh, would be valuable in every parish you know because every parish has some I I had pulled something from the Pew research about um, people who had fallen away. I don't know if it's really important to, to go into that right now, but it was talking about, you know, about half of the U.S. adults raised Catholic have left the church at some time, um, and about 11% have reverted, have come back. And, you know, sometimes they're the most on fire, <laughs> which is, it helps the rest of us get fired up because we can fall into the routine and, and the habit. And so when we see someone else on fire, you know, it, it lights our fire more too. So, um, but yes, uh, so it's, it's not really that rare that, that somebody will have questions. But, you know, a lot of this has to do with the kind of formation. And, and a lot of times they're given the formation, but they haven't taken it in. You know, like like our children, they were raised in Catholic schools, and yet they're out there in in a, in a world that has lost sight of sin, that has lost sight of morals and ethics, and you know it's it's the depths of despair and uh, division and meaninglessness. What's the purpose of life if we're just here to have a party? You know, and uh, so some of that it does hit home. So, um, but anyway, uh, and they're, they're struggling to make their faith. I mean, they, they need to make their faith their own. Right. That's, that is so important because if you're doing it just because mother said, you know, if that takes you so far, but you really just like how we uh, teach about prayer and Carmel, you need to make it your own. Right. You know, we, we do have all these written prayers, the prayers of the saints that, that we can learn from and model from and we pray, but they, they also teach us how to talk with God and how God talks with us. And yes, to embrace it and make it our own is so important. So you, uh, you, is there one final thing there? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, uh, as list far as here. The, the, the fruits coming out of our ministry, last but certainly not least, um, we have a small but growing list of names of folks that were previously uh, praying for who have returned to the Catholic Church and the sacraments. Praise All God. praise and thanks to God. Amen. Yes. So each meeting, well, we also include these people in our prayer, praise and thanksgiving to God for their conversion, and we pray for their deepening, ongoing faith. Just last week, um, I received an email from a friend and member of the ministry that moved away a couple of years ago. She was happy to report that her daughter that was on, had been on our St. Monica list for many years is now attending Mass in Boston where she lives. Mm, praise God. Praise That's God. great. Another member uh, reported that her daughter that was on her prayer list returned to the church and the daughter's husband, who was not Catholic, uh, went through RCIA. Wow. And joined the church, and he's now employed by Dynamic Catholic. Wow, that so. is awesome. And then another member's son returned to the church, and he's serving as a lector at his local parish. Awesome. And then um, another member um, had included her neighbor on the St. Monica prayer list several years ago, and she happened to be present in the hospital when the neighbor asked for a priest priest and had a deathbed conversion oh talk so. about mercy oh yes. that is wonderful right. so. 
Yeah. And there, there are others on the prayer list that we know about who have returned to the church. And there's probably others that we don't know about that have returned. Uh, we have a quite a long list. Um, but that gives us all hope and encouragement. And with God, all things are possible. Oh, you said that so well. With God, all things are possible. And I think of, of the, the scripture about the, the prodigal son and how all heaven rejoices over one repentant sinner returning. More than all of those who are there, you know. Uh, I think I just heard that today yes, at Mass. Sounds yes. <laughs> <That's> familiar. <laughs> well, we've covered a lot, and um, I'm so grateful that you were willing to come and do this podcast to share what the St. Monica ministry is, what it consists of, what its principles are, um, the prayer. The, the fruits of the prayer, uh, these conversion stories, this is this is wonderful. And so uh, maybe in the, in the future uh, we can have you back and maybe you can talk to us about how to talk to our um, sons or daughters that, that or other loved ones who uh, we want to invite back. You know, I know the church every year, seems like every summer there's a welcome home or coming home uh, program to try to, to get them to to be to let them know we're welcoming them back in and and to deal with whatever obstacles so it's it's something that that the church is working on and the saint monica ministry uh, is needed i think in every parish so i thank you that, that you started that ministry through the guidance of the holy spirit and you responded to the call with that big beautiful yes and that so many souls are benefiting and um, how about we close um, then with this um, novena that you pray to St. Monica? Yes, we, we do end our meetings um, every month uh, with this novena to St. Monica. So we'll begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Exemplary mother of the great August, Augustine, you perseveringly pursued your wayward son, not with wild threats, but with prayerful cries to heaven. Intercede for all mothers and fathers in our day so that they may learn to draw their children to God. Teach them how to remain close to their children, even the prodigal sons and daughters who have sadly gone astray. Intercede for all who are concerned for friends and relatives who are not actively practicing their faith at this time or who have a weakened faith so that they may open their hearts to the unconditional love, forgiveness, and acceptance of God and become so inflamed with the Holy Spirit that they not only return wholeheartedly to their faith, but bring back many with them. Dear St. Monica, troubled wife and mother, many sorrows pierced your heart during your lifetime, yet you never despaired or lost faith. With confidence, persistence, and profound faith, you prayed daily for the conversion of your beloved husband, Pat, and your beloved son, Augustine. Grant me that same fortitude, patience, and trust in the Lord. Intercede for me, dear St. Monica, that God may favorably hear my plea for, you can insert the names of your loved ones here, and grant me the grace to accept his will in all things. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. 
Amen. St. Monica, pray, pray for us. In the name of the, the Father, Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you. Thank you, Teresa. This is Teresa Gooding. Uh, I'm Discouse Carmelite Secular um, from Dayton, Ohio, uh, who has uh, formed this St. Monica ministry at St. Luke's in Beaver Creek, Ohio, in case you want to find that ministry um, and talk with her there. And um, so we're so grateful you, you were sharing with us today. Well, thank, thank you, Francis. I was delighted to be here. Great. And um, I thank you, listeners. And uh, let's just keep each other in prayer. And um, I'll meet with you in the sacred heart of Jesus. God bless you.